the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Let's get to the word. Today will be very personal. Today will be very personal for me because it's a very interesting sermon and it's a lead up to a book that will be coming out on, like a booklet or something that will be coming out on the, during our anniversary. For those of you, for those of you who do not know, this year we turn five. Okay, I've just gotten confirmation that Kitra is watching. So this year we turn five, and I feel like we're just starting. I feel like it's almost starting, and it's really, really special. And so, okay, Kitra, I keep getting your messages. That's fine. I feel like this is when we're starting, and. It's really special. And today I'll be teaching on a sermon I have entitled The City of the Lord. Okay, so the city of the Lord. Do you guys know we've got like a theme song for the church? How many of you know the theme song? How does it go? Pick a key, guys. <laughs> uh-huh. That's why we're gonna see. Uh, you know the way. Pray <laughs> the church that Jesus wants, city of the Lord. Do you actually wait? Do you actually know? Wait, 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 wait. The question is this: Do you actually know the verses? Do you know the verses? How does the verse go? No, I the sermon has started. How does it start? Wait, before that, when I was writing, I really wrote it like with like a hard rock thing in my head. So it's supposed to start Yeah. So you so so you can start. No no D. Like Yeah. Den, 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 den. You, you, you get it, right? <laughs> okay, so now <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let you know how it came about. So, in today's sermon, like these 
bear with me i'll be talking a lot okay so what happened was this um i i started doing ministry actively almost immediately i heard god speak to me i started i really at some point maybe i didn't know what i was doing was ministry but i was speaking to anyone who'd listen not a very long time ago that should have been i would preach when i was younger by the way but then where i'm consciously and deliberately doing it and just trying to talk to whoever i can talk to that should have been somewhere 2009 perhaps and uh i was quite young i was probably 14 15 and uh mainly the, the biggest platform i had then was i served within the ministry that i was in and particularly i was serving in um i was serving among the young people but for me the grace was a bit different in the sense the grace was a bit different in the sense that i wasn't satisfied with just a couple of meetings with four or five people like for me there were services <laughs> and then when i turned um i think for me a lot changed around the year 2011 2011 i had an encounter with god in you don't mind me talking today right so 2011 i had an encounter with god i had several one of them i don't remember the date but then god revealed to me the prophetic office and he gave me a name okay and the name that he gave me was elijah and he explained that my assignment was very similar to him in that regard elijah elijah meaning god is jehovah and if you observe Elijah's assignment, it was to prove that God was Jehovah at all costs. And that's why Elijah's primary message was, how long will you be divided? If God is Jehovah, follow him. And so that became my ultimate goal, to prove that the Lord, the Lord is God. And mainly, I was having a lot of success, especially privately and in a lot of prayer. And began hungering to see many things sometimes that hunger would take me to the streets to share the gospel with whoever I could um, and just a few other things that hunger would drive me to you know maybe have an overnight by myself or with just one person there was one overnight in particular I was with a gentleman called brother Mwango I don't know where he is now um, but I think he reached out to me a few years ago and were the two of us in church and he was standing at the back and I was standing like in front and we were singing and I remember I was singing a prophetic song and then suddenly the keyboard starts playing the keyboard starts playing and so I'm thinking ah brother Mongo can play the keyboard now eh? then I looked behind and I said wait wait what on earth is going on here I wanted to run away and it was like following what we were singing so certain supernatural things started happening in those moments i hope you're following me 
Then, in particular, in 2011, on December 13th, I had an encounter that changed my life. It was 04, I was asleep, and then I woke up, and I knew I was awake, but I was asleep, and my eyes were closed, but I could see everything, and then I saw the glory of God begin to come down in my bedroom, like the glory of God. I saw it, it was colorless, but I could see it. And the glory of God came down, didn't reach the reached like, let's say, somebody, somewhere here, and then I heard him speak, and he spoke with a loud, banging voice. At that point, there was something I was very concerned about. As a matter of fact, I wasn't concerned, I was worried. And I was worried about my future, I was worried about, will I even enter school? Will I, as in, you, you know, and you know, worries usually call, call each other. Like when you're worried about one thing, within half a second, you're worried about ten. And then, when he came, it's like the warrior was like, you're on your own. Like it's almost like it ran away and said, "Face him alone." You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna face him with you. And I'll never forget that encounter. I wish I could have it again today. And he came, and his first words were, "Why should you worry?" And like with such confidence, and I'm thinking, if I answer, and my body feels like as good as flat. But it's like my spirit is shaking the whole time. And then you're afraid, but you're not afraid. Like, you're safe. And then the devil, has he ever existed? Like in that moment, you're thinking, has there ever been Satan? He's not even a thought. And God spoke to me for about 30 minutes. Concerning certain particular things about my future. And a number of the things I never told anyone. Never. Some of those, it's Mary kept them. <laughs> Mary kept those things in her heart. And I, I hope you guys are following. Shortly afterwards, my revelation of the name of Jesus increased. And I began to see miracles. I began to see crazy miracles. Because for me, when I would say, in the name of Jesus, you know what would go through my imagination? that that same voice I heard is the power that's being released. Because that voice can tell a house to walk and the house will grow legs and walk, I'm telling you. That voice can tell a house it's a car and the house will become a car within half a second. And so I began to see crazy, crazy miracles. Some of them, I forget them. You know, sometimes I have, like last week somebody got in touch, actually this week, and they were telling me about how they had this cyst and it left because they came home during the healing campaign. And I have no idea. I have no remembrance of it at all. <laughs> that time someone came to my office and was telling me how he had this back problem when he was in high school. But then he found this guy doing a meeting at Nyumbayanga and he got healed during that meeting. And it's never returned and it's been years. And I have no remembrance of that at all. Some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And so my idea of ministry was this. You meet a person, tell them about the Holy Spirit, grow their leg, and <laughs> do a few more signs and wonders. And let's see how life goes on. But I didn't think that ministry for me would involve pastoring a church. As a matter of fact, my thought of pastoring a church felt boring. I mean, like every day, 
seeing the same people. <laughs> I wanted action, you know, I wanted where it's happening. I wanted every weekend I'm at a crusade. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're getting my point. Like <laughs> that guy you rarely see. That's what I wanted. Like I'll just be a faithful son of the house somewhere and then I'm just that guy for action. That's that's honestly what I wanted and was hoping for. And I thought that would be ministry for me. And there is that side. I hope you'll be ready when that time comes, when you'll see me once a month here. So now, why haven't you said amen? <laughs> but a few signs I began to notice is I noticed that I was very good at mentoring in the sense that the inclination of most people when they would meet me would immediately to refer to me as a spiritual father. That's, that was just the inclination. Then, I started sensing that there's something special, something new that God wanted to do. I, I was doing well. It was going well. But then, I said sensing in my heart that my focus was going to change. I was not going to do WEM as often as I used to. So I restructured it. I removed it from campuses and began to shift it more towards a yearly event. In case you wanted to know, that's why. Otherwise, from what he told me, it would have died if I didn't do it that way. Or, even worse, it would have been working but in disobedience. That's worse. Follow me. So as that began to happen... I had an experience. Are we following? Yes, and I'll just relate to you too. I just really want us to understand COL today. One of them, I've probably never shared it in this depth. I had a dream, and in that dream, I went to hell. I didn't realize it was a dream. I thought it was happening. And I didn't reach the other parts of it. I believe they're about five layers from the scriptures. Right? Right? <laughs> there's that first layer which is abandoned now, right? After the resurrection. And then I also believe there's where there are those angels that are held in chains. Um, the angels from Genesis... Because uh, there's the angels from before Genesis 1 verse... Is it 2? And then there's the angels from Genesis 6. So I believe there's one section of the angels that are held captive. It should be the Genesis 6 ones, right? Then there's a section of torment, right? Then there's the pit where there's like a lot of bunch of demons which are released to the earth. And then we've got the lake of fire, which is currently not like it's not yet inhabited. That's Satan's punishment. In case people think Satan will be like in hell, like as a rock star, like, hey, let's enjoy hell. It's actually going to be his punishment. He's not going to enjoy it. So anyways, for me, it's like I'd experienced like the first part of it. And the first thing that I sensed, how I could tell that I wasn't where I was supposed to be, is I couldn't sense the presence of God with me, which I've been sensing from 2009. So you can imagine... No, can you imagine not having the presence of God? Like, what would I do? 
like honestly, it was it felt like hell. Let me just put it like that. Like I couldn't sense his presence. I know we have moments where maybe we don't sense the intensity as often as other times. But there's that knowing where you know God is with you. That's why David could say, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. And I could I couldn't sense the presence of God. And I'm thinking, what on earth is going on here? And then in that moment, I started thinking of all the miracles that God had used me to work. So I was asking myself a question in that moment. The question I was asking myself is, where did I go wrong? As in, I was this firefireman of God. Worked all those signs and wonders. And then I, 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 and then I came here. And it felt like it happened for eternity. It honestly felt, I don't know how much time it happened, but it felt like it happened for a long time. Do you know what happened when that experience finished? I learned the other side of the fear of the Lord. Let me tell you what I mean. The fear of the Lord, there are two sides of it. There is one side of, mm, I love him so much, I don't want to hurt him, and I don't want to be without him. So there is the other side of how fearful it is to fall into the hands of the Creator. So meaning, I'll put it like this, as whether, you, whether you like it or you don't like it, as much as um, you know him as the God of love, you should also know him as the God of justice. And you should know that the same God who can give you heaven can also punish you. That's, a very, that's very healthy for a believer. <laughs> so because of that, the moment I came out of it, I made a resolve. I'm like, I'm going to walk a godly path. I was like, far be it from me to ever say, did I not cast out devils in your name? And he says, I never knew you, oh, workers of iniquity. And so that's why I said it like, for me, integrity is like everything. And then, the moment I was done with that encounter, and you need to follow this part, the moment I was done with that encounter, I found myself seated next to this woman, and I couldn't um, figure out who she was. So I'm seated next to her, and then I begin floating upwards, floating upwards. I really hope I haven't freaked people out today with like the prophet side of me. You'll get the teacher again next week. So like I started floating upwards and floating upwards. And so when I reached, I saw gates and I knew I was about to enter heaven. And then that woman started singing. Like on earth, she started singing. Like said singing a song that I still don't remember. And as she started singing it, I started coming back down, back down. Imagine when I was just about to enter and coming back down. And when I reached, I joined her in the song. Then in the midst of the worship, me, I remembered. I'm like, oh, but Holy Spirit, and you're supposed to be in heaven right now. What's all? Johnny, I wanted to like take a tour. And then he said, the one you were following has followed you. And I knew that a huge part of my assignment would involve, for lack of better terms, bringing the glory of God down especially through worship. I knew that. Fast forward, because that one was 2014. I remember it because shortly afterwards we had that meeting at Zika's. Fast forward, well, there were two angels. Fast forward, Apostle Fred, calm down. There are some people who don't know these things. So fast forward to a certain year which I've forgotten. I'm sure Dickon Stock would remember. So now, I'm now in this place where I'm trying to know like what's what's next for me, what's next for me. Everyone had all these ideas of how my life is supposed to go. 
and I had no clue. I, I, have you ever felt clueless about your future before? I had no clue. And so the encounters continued. One time I'm on the keyboard and have you ever gone before God to complain? Like you, you haven't really like gone before him to pray. You just have a few things to air out. Now, some of us, when we're airing out things, we air them out through singing. So I'm on the keyboard and I touched it and without writing down the words just started coming out this is a song about someone okay said about this boy who's in love with his creator i was in love with my creator then i thought of all the opinions i'd heard but why do the nations rage why do they find it strange when they see someone in love with his creator then i remembered however that this is my calling and we went on this is the highest calling and then i said seeing a vision of god calling me like to this place but it had like all these challenges and so i responded i will follow you it was the same day and where can i go for you have the words of life we're coming to the last encounter now <laughs> then I kept on wondering what's, what's next in ministry? What's next in life? And one day, my body was just not well. And it hadn't been well for a few days. I thought it was maybe just the weather, it was just this, but it kept getting worse. And then I started feeling like perhaps it's a demonic attack. One thing you should know about Satan, Satan can't predict the future, but there are certain spiritual things he knows. For example, if God is preparing something special around you in the spiritual realm, you'll find there'll be a busyness about the angels around you. There'll be a busyness. Remember Jacob when there was something special? When he saw the angels, they were not just singing angels descending. No, they were actually busy doing one or two things. So there's a busyness around you. So that's why he knows when to attack because he knows there's something being prepared for you. And so you find, that's why you notice that usually when you're about to hit higher levels, sometimes the attacks become consistent. Because that's just the way he works. He's a crafty guy. And so my body started feeling very, very inconsistent for some time. And I'm a guy who like teaches divine health. And I pray for people to be healed. And it, it was getting bad and bad and bad. And then one morning, I wake up to a text from someone. They're like, hi, I dreamt that you died. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, why? And, and you know, I continued that day. That night, I even had a teaching in my mentorship group on WhatsApp. Because I was a WhatsApp admin. Guys, my group was lit. And I was teaching on miracles. And I remember that's the day. Remember that, that day when there was that person? I think they were from South Africa. And their eye was closed. And it opened. Like after a WhatsApp declaration. Do you remember that one? That same day. I heard Satan say. I heard him loud. And I heard him say. Tonight is your last night once you sleep you're dead i heard him say that with my own two ears and i could tell this was satan and he said once you sleep you're dead and i decided immediately to go sleep <laughs> no i'm serious i decided that's it i've gone to bed and i went to sleep someone may ask why is it, why are these parts important the same reason it was important for ezekiel to tell you his visions isaiah to tell you his visions sometimes you understand why people do things the way they do so i went to bed and 
as I'm lying down, I began to feel a fight over my spirit. It's almost like you come out of your body, you come back in. You come out of your body, you come back in. You come out of your body, you come back in. And that lasted up to like zero two. And I kept on fighting and saying, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And zero two reached and suddenly there is this calmness and there is this peace. And I saw a vision of the Lord Jesus and he was looking and there was something very beautiful he was looking at. And then a song began to play. And the song was, City of the Lord, established on earth. And that's how the vision, that's how I knew that what Satan kept trying to fight and discourage. He tried to fight it through discouragement. He tried to fight it through attacks on my health. tried to fight it through so many things. It was this. It was this vision. It was the city of the Lord Church. It was C-O-L. It was you. Now, that's why that song is a lot to me. It's a vision. It's a prayer. It starts as a prayer. The, the prayer starts with, Oh Lord, my Father, your people are longing for a mighty move of the Lord that will set every captive free city of the lord revelations 2 established on earth it's what we want to see it's what we're gonna see spirit of the lord verse 1 prepare god's people to be the church that jesus wants city of the Lord then the verse most of us don't know then it goes to oh Lord my father bring hope to the hopeless let us become that generation that will set every captive free no, no, we are the city of the Lord established on earth. That's what we've come to be. That's what we're here to do. So, Spirit of the Lord. Oh, I hear that's how you're singing, right? <laughs> Revelations 2. So, are you saying that it's, it's more of a prayer? Now it says to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the golden lampstands. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. And to the angel, give me amplified, verse 8. And to the angel, the messenger of the assembly, church in Smyrna, right? These are the words of the first and the last who died and came to life again. Revelations 2 verse 12. Then to the angel, messenger of the assembly, church in Pergamum, right? These are the words of, he, of him who has and wields the sharp two-edged sword. Let's read a bit more about this one. Verse 13. Now, I want you to observe this. Jesus is telling a church, right? And he says, I know where you live. A place where Satan sits enthroned. So I don't know if you know that there are certain places where demonic activities are stronger than others. 
There are even certain families where demonic activities are stronger than others. Don't blame people when they pray the way they pray. They know. Some people know what they are dealing with. I don't know if they get my point. There are others. Everyone in the family is a pastor. As in, it's, it's strange to not call somebody pastor. And you find there are others who, every, it's strange if somebody is not a witch doctor. You think they're going to pray like everybody, like, like, they'll pray a different way. I don't know if you're getting my point. Everyone can be in the prison, but for Joseph, they, Joseph needs to realize him, it's a fight, it's destiny. And for Joseph, if Joseph doesn't get promoted, Israel dies. There are some people who are carrying generations with them. That's why for them, there, there are others who when they are writing an exam, it's, they're not thinking like, hey, no, it's okay, even if I don't pass, my Bali will just take me uh, to Zikas, and then afterwards my Bali will just take me abroad. There are others, it's a fight. As in, for them, that exam, if they don't pass that exam, <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever written an exam, you don't care about the course, you're just defending your BC. <laughs> <laughs> your CA you look at your CA then you look at the school fees without it huh? <laughs> anyways <laughs> verse 13 he says I know, where, I know where you live a place where Satan sits enthroned yet no let's look at verse 12 then we'll just do the first look at verse 12 so he says, these are the words of him who has and wields the sharp two-edged sword. Then look at verse 13. I know where you live, a place where Satan sits enthroned. Okay, somebody's asking, Apostle, why do you keep repeating those? Let me show you something. Have you noticed that when John met Jesus, John gets to see, oh, he's got brass feet, his hair is white like wool, right? I believe that was symbolic of judgment. His eyes, that's why in court, yeah. his eyes were um, eyes of fire, right? And then it says, out of his mouth proceeded the double-edged sword, and then John fainted. And so anyway, woke up. And then, now notice, Jesus begins to give John specific messages for specific churches. But interestingly, whenever he's addressing a church, he would address them based on a particular revelation so for example the other church will say go tell them that the first and the last is saying this and then interestingly for the church in Pergamos he introduces himself as the one with the double-edged sword why because that church were in a location where there was a lot of warfare so they had to first in Sunday school when you are teaching the Sunday school songs you don't start with Jesus love is very wonderful in the church in Pergamos you start with we are rolling on we are now I don't know if you are getting my point because the revelation that was emphasized was that one what's my point you find here's something you should know the body of Christ the church is one but you'll find that this body has many members and among the many members we can say people but you also find that among the many members are churches so we are churches but we are the church and then you'll notice 
that particular churches can be given particular messages and can have a particular revelation that they need to emphasize because that's their assignment. So as much as they will teach all things, there will be certain particular things that they will emphasize. How come your conferences are always dominion, dominion, dominion? There's, some, there's an assignment that we have to emphasize as a ministry. Why do you think we talk about the mountains of influence the way we do? No, haven't you already seen the manifestation of that just in the church? That's why you notice every church will have the people they will attract. Every church will have the people who easily just walk in and say, this feels like home. Like all of you. <laughs> and then there are others who it's another place that's home for them. For them, it, it, it can't be home because home is where they're doing like for them that, that's what feels like home then there are others who <laughs> what they need what they want is a place where they can come and say what a beautiful name it is beautiful name it is i don't think my point <laughs> and then there are others who are blend for me i don't know what kind of people i attract what kind of people do i usually attract eh? i'm curious i'm told i attract a lot of noisy people but let's <laughs> Now, okay, I want you to notice something. Each of the churches that was written to had a few things. Number one, a name which God identified them with. So for many of them, they were identified based on the city they were in. Now, in places like Zambia and the like, where we've got a church practically every few steps, <laughs> you might not necessarily say to the church in Osaka, right? So they each had a name that God identified them with. Secondly, each of them had a person with a mandate to deliver the divine message. As much as I believe that every church has an angel, I do think that John was writing the letters to the messenger of the church. So, and the messenger of the church was probably a human being. Because he wasn't writing the letters to angels. So what it means is this. It means God can have something specific to say. And there's something specific he wants to say to City of the Lord Church. Most likely, the first person the message will come to, most likely, or the person who would have to approve the message, most likely, will be the person he's appointed as the messenger of that ministry. And the key to unlocking more of that is to pay attention. So it means that they can be two million other pastors as I speak who are speaking something very precious this very moment and it's from God but your message is probably this one so that means if for you your mindset is this week here this week there or I'll just browse through YouTube and hear anything and that's like your weekly thing you might find yourself hearing from God but not hearing what he wants to say to you. A person needs where they can settle. A person needs a place where they hear what God is saying. And then each of these places had, like I said, a name that God identified them with. A person with a mandate to deliver a divine message. And then notice they also had a collective culture what do i mean imagine he could say things like i know you guys i know where you are i know you've not denied the faith 
another church he could tell them you guys have tested those who are false apostles and you've proven them wrong as in each church had a particular culture that they built as a community such that the lord jesus could look at one church and say that church is very that church is very generous that church is very faithful that church is this that church is this ladies and gentlemen when the lord looks at the city of the lord church what does he think what's our culture and are you contributing on the positive side of it or the negative what does the lord think about the col i can tell you what he wants to think about col based on some of the things he's told me he wants a church that gives him incense a church that gives him incense i'll show you a few things later but that's one of the things that he wants with col it's a church that should give him incense where it shouldn't be abnormal to just pour out to the lord a church that gives him incense if incense is ever full in heaven let it be because we are worshiping that's our assignment sometimes he very soon he'll be given us assignments to say we'll just suddenly call for a, for a meeting where we all have to come and just sing we sing we go back home what have we done we fulfilled our role as a church we've given him incense I don't know if somebody's hearing me. That's one of the things. One of our other mandates with COL has to do with the mountains of influence. All of them. We have to express God's dominion in them. That's why we're very particular. That's why we, as in, um, <laughs> uh, we're very particular. I was laughing. My mom is, um, my mom is about 50 plus, right? The plus is a few months and she surprised me last year she tells me oh i want to go back to school and study abcd and i'm thinking why and he says ah and she told me at col you can col just forces you to do things like i just have to do it and next thing i go visit and she's there studying i'm like hey why because it's part of our culture one of the things that we do here is we look at all mountains of influence as an opportunity to express god's dominion so you find we'll focus on education. You find we'll focus on your careers. We we'll find we, we we see a career as ministry. We see <laughs> we see business as ministry. Because what's ministry? With ministry, you serve God and you serve people, right? And for us, our aim is to produce people who are excellent in the house of God and also excellent outside to display God's excellence everywhere. After all, it's not why we are called. That's why we focus on a lot of those things. And that's why if you are to join our systems, you'll notice we can, be, we can reprimand you for not sending in a report. You don't send in a report. We'll reprimand you. And we'll reprimand you publicly. And someone at home will be wondering, Nichani, you've received the one-hour phone call being rebuked. I was saying that to me report to church. <laughs> we can reprimand you for that. And we are very expectant that you'll be productive. And that's why everyone must be doing something or at least planning to. Everyone must always be thinking of something I can do, something I can do. Because that's how the culture of this ministry is. So each place had a collective culture. But here's something that I must just mention. A culture can also become bad if it's not monitored, if it's not watched. And that's why we have a lot of moments where we reset. What do you think, guys, tell me, what do you think the sermon was that Sunday or whichever day they met? 
when they later came to the church which was told you've forgotten your first love do you think it was the nicest sermon in the world because they later said repent <laughs> and remember the first works you did or else i'll come and switch off that light in short your ministry will die if you don't go back to your first love how do you think the message was that's why if what you come for is like a feel-good message and maybe all the time we just say guys just hold on life is shan shan life is like an elevator shan shan sometimes you go up sometimes you go down so just hold on that that may not always be the case because our aim is to follow what is god saying and that's why sometimes we'll come with very corrective messages Sometimes we'll come with very reflective messages. Sometimes we'll come with messages that will make you go think. Sometimes we'll have messages that will make you cry. Sometimes we'll have messages that will make you feel bad. No, I, yes, yes, yes. Some messages shouldn't make you feel good. Do you know that? Paul tells them that godly sorrow leads to repentance. If we talk about a particular culture, a particular habit, and we don't like it, and in the moment you are hearing it, there's like a sorrow you feel. Channel that sorrow into repentance. That's actually part of growth. Consider it like an injection. And there are times where the messengers have to cut you open. And in cutting you open, there are some messages that will hurt. But are you really going to call a surgeon evil? Because they cut off part of your skin to remove something that was foreign. So sometimes we'll get personal. We'll go in depth. Some messages will pierce. Because some messages will challenge what you've believed in. Some messages will challenge your idea of normal. Some messages will challenge your standards. Some messages will challenge your principles. But that's how we grow. That's how we grow. And sometimes we'll force it on you. <laughs> Have you ever had to give a baby medicine? <laughs> and the baby is doing everything they can to protest taking the medicine. <laughs> There's an uncle who my daughter doesn't like. <laughs> like they've got an on-off relationship because he's the one we use to give her medicine. Okay, he be <laughs> she'll be crying and you'll be anyway. <laughs> She loves him, but he's not always her favorite. So when we're walking, and you know, when she sees, sees like the medicine bottles and she sees him near, already she starts trying to look for an escape route. <laughs> so there are times we're going to have to force these things. Get them deep in your system. That's why I say, oh, leaders, department heads, be on your people. Sometimes you have to be a bit tough. There should... I think every leader I have, or at least most, have had a day where, where, they, where they thought. What? <laughs> where they just sat down and reflected. <laughs> Why did I follow Apostle Fred? <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. I remember I was, I, was, I was ministering to somebody and they're like, me the problem is that I'm stubborn. That's what they were saying. I said, ah, that's why God brought you here. I'm more stubborn than you. <laughs> Praise God. I'm very nice. So now, <laughs> and then each, each ministry had a collective judgment. That means there was a collective reward and a collective punishment. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I trying to say? 
I want you to imagine that part of our reward for the week, because we don't know fully how God does his reward system, but we know there is a reward system of heaven and it will also be manifest while we're here on earth. What if part of our reward for the week would only come if the church hits a certain number every week? Then you might want to be part of ensuring that the numbers are hit. You might want to be part of that. What am I trying to say? The fact that there was a collective judgment, in short, a collective reward and a collective punishment, means that we need everybody to participate. Because if the church is doing well in the sight of God, all of us benefit both on earth and in heaven. I want you to imagine that there are 150 people in here who God has called to be pastors. And he wants them to be pastors in this ministry. Do you know the only key for that? The ministry will have to grow to a level where we should have, where there's a need for 150 pastors. Because if we appointed 150 pastors now, it would be a fight. So now meaning, if they don't help the church grow, there's a part of their destiny and assignment they'll never fulfill. Because the place was supposed to fulfill it in, never increased the capacity to accommodate that gift. So there was a collective culture. Be a part. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be a stranger in the house of your God. Be a part. Stop being that person who just walks in and then when service out, as in when we're saying the grace, you when you're here, let's say the grace for you are hearing on your marks. <laughs> that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, tak, a Bible. <laughs> Maybe when the visitors are walking, you're even... <laughs> And then at the fellowship, we just close our eyes for one second and say the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, gone. By the time we're reaching goodness and mercy, when we're reaching forever, the car started. Don't be that kind of person. That's not God wants you to belong. God wants you to be part. God wants you to be a part of this house. Ask your neighbor, are you a part of the house? Are you contributing to the rewards? Okay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, oh my God. Is this how much I have to say? I'll give you one or two points and then we're done for today. I was going to give you a revelation of why we're called the city of the Lord Church, but we don't have time for that. <laughs> no, that one we don't have time. Maybe next week or anniversary service. Anniv what do you want me to talk about anniversary? <laughs> but here's what I want to tell you. Why, for those who've already been participating, why you should increase your participation. For those who've been in the doldrums on the outskirts, why I believe you should make this your home. For those who are coming for the first time, why I think this should be your home. As in, by the time you're walking out, you should even ask, so how do I join a department? Then we say, we take you through the process. As in, those who... Here's why I believe the opportunity to be well taught. As I said, the first dimension of ministry I experienced was the prophetic, then I experienced miracle signs and wonders, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I never really used to teach, I would revelate. I believe there's a bit of a difference between like dropping revelations here and there and teaching because teaching is more about grounding and revelation is more about pumping. So now, 
<laughs> That's a story for another day. But then when I was asking God, what's going to be different now that I'm pastoring? This is the scripture he gave me. Some of you know it, right? What scripture did he give me? Mark chapter 6 verse guys at least get the verse right 30 34 who said for this side now I want you to see this and it says as Jesus landed he saw a great mountain And was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd so he began to teach them many things I want you to imagine Jesus sees the people and he realized look beyond the healings they need after they're healed what next and the, and he was filled with compassion because he saw the presence of sheep but didn't see the presence of a shepherd and what was the translation of them having a shepherd? Being taught many. So they were like sheep not having a shepherd. And so he began to teach them many things. Scripturally, the automatic translation of having a pastor is that you should be well taught. That's why sometimes people ask me saying, like back in the day when I was neutral, people would ask me saying, how do I pick a church? You know what I would tell them? I would say, okay, for starters, I believe God is the one who gives you pastors. But how do you identify? I would tell them, find a pastor. And then wherever he meets, if it's under a tree, that's your church. And the reason I say that is because what God promised was not churches without issues. He didn't necessarily promise good churches. He promised good pastors then everything else is the rest. And notice, Jeremiah 3.15 says, I'll give you pastors after my heart. So I, I wrote down four things, and I'll say them quickly. Number one, when you are, the kind of teacher you have can determine, number one, your spiritual health. Jeremiah 3.15 says, I'll give you shepherds according to my heart who feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, it uses the word feed you. And then even when Jesus was speaking to Peter, he says, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Uh, tend to my lamb and also feed my lamb. So now being fed is what determines your health. Do you remember Jesus being tempted by Satan? And he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the word of God, if you read in Proverbs, we are told that it is life. It, is, it literally brings health to you. Now, if it can bring health to you physically, and that's just a byproduct, can you imagine what it does to you spiritually? Now, in that sense, I want you to think with your imagination for a moment how people look in the spiritual realm who don't have the word of God in them. How they look. You can find on earth here this person, but then in the spiritual realm, lightweight. And being a spiritual lightweight is identifiable. For example, demons can tell who's a spiritual lightweight. Oh no, they can. They can. Have you ever gone to like, you know these things we do where you go and maybe you're casting out devils or something 
and then the moment you walk in they even know who's walking there yeah we're gone they can tell who's a spiritual lightweight if i was in a minister's class i would have said a few other things I'm ter- there are times I've heard someone that I've wondered, has this person done Sunday school? No, like, devils can tell who's a lightweight. The sons of Skeva were casting out demons. So they, they casted out a few immature ones, which were not well taught. Those left. And then they found other demons, which were slightly uneducated. And <laughs> they were a bit unruly. And speaking to those demons, and they're like, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And then they started walking. Then one of them said, wait. Jesus, we know. <laughs> and then they also said, Paul, we know. So meaning you can become known in the spiritual realm. And then they asked, who are you? And they beat those guys up and stripped them naked. You must aim to be a healthy believer. Aim to be a healthy believer. That's why beyond anything, if you're settling somewhere, settle for the word. Those who settle for the word nothing moves them out aim to be a healthy believer the second thing the presence of a teacher will do in your life is that it brings direction have you ever read the verse that says you hear a word behind you saying this is the way to go right read the verse before it says that's isaiah 30 and verse 20 and though the lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore but your eyes shall see your teachers and what's the exact result of your eyes seeing your teachers very simple your ears will hear a word behind you saying this is a way walking it so the presence of a teacher is a presence of direction what's the third one your quality of life is also influenced by what you're taught your quality of life is influenced by what you're taught. I remember I was teaching ministers and I was telling them that when you read John 10.10 10, and it says, The thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and destroy. If you had to read it in its actual context, Jesus wasn't talking about the devil. But they have no issue with us referring it to the devil since he's a thief. So every bad word in the Bible you can refer to him. There's no issue. Okay, they learned from him. But if you had to read it in its actual context, Jesus was talking about false teachers. We've gone quiet. He was talking about false teachers. And he refers to them and says, look, the thief does not come except to kill, steal, and to destroy. And then him who is the good shepherd, how has he come? I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. And if you notice uh, in John 6, Jesus, is it verse 63? He says, the words that I speak, they are life. They are spirit and they are life. So what happens when the words are being spoken? There's spirit and there's life. There's numa and there's there's hey kalama sant oligre and there's zoe being released because that's what happens. So the presence of a teacher changes things. I'll tell you this: if all your life, all you've known is poverty, and you've come, and you hear me tell you you are wealthy. I'm not suggesting it. Do you know what happens in those moments? Whether it's me or anybody else who's teaching. The grace for that is being released. And then that grace now starts fighting with whatever else. (laughs) And then the moment you come to a place where you agree with it. Oh my God. That's why the presence of a teacher changes the quality. That's why you hear testimonies. That's why you hear testimonies. I was reading through 
how many of you filled in that survey that we did for COL Lusaka branch? If you didn't fill it in, I'm looking at you. Because I think only 497 of you filled it in. And of the 497, 96.4% wanted to still be identified as COL members. And then of the 3.6%, like of the remaining 3.6%, uh, 25% of them had put by mistake that they don't <laughs> to be CRL members. And then of the 96%, I was able to see the percentage of how many times you come to church. Oh, by the way, I read those things and I analyze. That's why I'm a researcher. I also read the topics that you had. But the pattern was blessing the most. I was reading the testimonies. I was reading the testimonies. Oh, by the way, that gentleman who wrote that they want to know what a lady wants in a man, come see me in the office. <laughs> we'll teach you. I think he even asked how you can win over here. Just come, come. I'll introduce you to one or two people to <laughs> give you some pointers. So now, <laughs> I know, I loved, I loved the young man. He wrote 12 questions. Does a lady see in a man? What does? Yeah. What does, so come, come see us. So now, <laughs> one of the things that impacted me was the testimonies. I was reading the the lady whose uh, father was raised from the dead. The people who have received miraculous healings. But you know, the biggest testimonies that were there. My life changed. My life changed. I would have gone to hell. I changed the way I think. I changed the way I live. I changed this. I changed this. I changed this. That's what the presence of the teacher would do. They were really beautiful to read. You'd be amazed. And that person, there are several people who wrote saying, I would like to have an appointment and see a poster one day. Go back to orientation. They will teach you that. Appointments with me are extremely easy. You don't even need to ask me for that matter. You ask. You simply arrange with my secretary and you're told which day I'm free. The final one. The realms the presence of a teacher, or should I say the kind of teacher you have, would determine the realms of God that you experience. Let me explain. Luke chapter 11 and verse 52. It says, Woe to you lawyers. Now, the lawyers being talked about, I just need to emphasize that these are not the lawyers from Ziani. <laughs> okay? If you had to amplify it, it would say mosaic lawyers. In short, those who are teaching the law of Moses. Now it says, Woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Observe the words of Jesus. You did not go in yourselves, or you did not enter in yourselves. And those who were entering, you hindered. Ha! Huh? That shows you something. Ha! Huh? I don't know if you've already seen it. That means that a teacher carries keys and the aim of a teacher firstly is to open the door and enter himself he has to encounter what he's teaching so meaning if i'm gonna come teach you the 52 laws of experiencing the manifest presence of god one of my one of one of my duties is to practice all those 52 laws of experiencing the manifest presence of god because it's it, it, i also have to enter then he says, you did not enter. And those who were entering, you hindered. Imagine 
somebody had begun to read in the scriptures and they read about divine health they read and then they found in the book of john that beloved i pray that you prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers and maybe they've had challenges with their health or their life but they began to read it and they read oh if you can rebuke this then this if you can do this then this and then they begin to enter in they begin to enter in and then they meet a teacher who tells them stop thinking about such things like divine health it's that's not that's not doctrine just think about repentance and stuff like that what what's the person doing they're blocking someone from entering a realm just because they've not entered it it's like no I'm t- and that's what a lot of people do it's like I'll tell you, if I'm to be frank, that's why you find that a lot of people can be going to... Okay, you're, you're children of the house, I can be honest. A lot of people can be going to places where they're not spiritually benefiting. They're just going there for sentiment. When they've got a problem, there's a reason it's us they call. There are certain issues which for some reason they want a Pentecostal pastor. Because they want someone who acknowledges that there are certain, there are other realms that I don't want to No, sometimes we just have to be honest and say there are certain issues which we are the ones caught. Then afterwards, they call somebody else to bless their marriages. And then if there's a barrenness, they'll call us again and say, no, come, come declare this womb to open. I'm telling you, because the presence of a teacher can determine which realm you're entering in. Because as words are being spoken, keys are being released. That's why if we ever give you a platform, be careful what you say. You might block someone from entering a heavenly realm. Worse off, don't introduce them to a demonic one. That's the presence of a teacher determines what realms you can walk in. That's why I believe that rather than telling you to go find a Bible-believing church, I believe you're welcome to your home. I'll close it off with Luke 5 verse 17. So even as you keep coming, and for those who've been around for a while but you've never really settled, let this be the day you settle. Settle it in your heart. For those whom maybe Satan has been discouraging you, let this be the day you settle. Those who were settled but have been unsettled, let this be the day you resettle and oversettle. Luke 5 verse 17. Now as you come to COL, you'll find us doing a lot of teaching. Primarily, our services are designed in such a way that there is teaching. Now, it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Follow this. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Next verse. Then, behold, men brought on, just follow this, eh? Men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. Continue. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the ministry before Jesus. I believe these men were like a cell group. They helped their friend enter a certain room. He was not going to manage on his own. But for him, he never had the cry of that other guy who said, I've no one to take me in the water. For him, his homeboys <laughs> cut the roof for his sake. 
and it says and look at jesus didn't see his faith he said when he saw their faith they had faith on behalf of somebody else that's why if you observe anybody else who maybe has not yet stepped into those realms you've stepped into help them help them help them to live godly help them maybe how come they just keep they, they keep not landing a job and they say, give me your CV. I also take it where I take mine. I don't forget my point. Help them. Help them. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Uh-huh. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this? Who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Don't become that person in church who's that commentator, who's just like, everything the Lord Jesus did. Why were the Pharisees always in Jesus' meetings? Like what on earth were they doing his meetings all the time? They've literally seen a man be healed. Don't be that person who every testimony you hear, is it really true? Maybe they discussed before the testimony was given that he will come be this. Has their hand really healed? Has it, don't be that person. In, instead, be the and choose who you be. Are you the Pharisees and the scribes, or are you those who push everybody else to encounter the realms of God? I don't know if somebody is getting my point. But the part I wanted to emphasize there is this. As he was teaching, the power was present to heal. We are not told what topic he was teaching. He could have been teaching that day about the six laws of storing your treasures in heaven. He could have been teaching that day about salvation. He could have been teaching that day about the city of the Lord that was going to come years from now. You never know. <laughs> Interestingly, it didn't matter what he was teaching. The power of God was present. When you come into this place, you come into an environment that is very potent. At all points, if any of you came here sick, any of you came here anxious, you came here depressed, you came here barren, you came here weak, you came here heavy laden, the power of God is present to touch you at any point. The city of the Lord. I just want to pose a question. Ladies and gentlemen, there's one vision I didn't tell you. <laughs> There's one, I, I've rarely said this. I was jogging. And as I was jogging, I looked and I saw as though the ground had opened and I saw people in there. And they were not doing hell. And then they began to shout at me. I said, you never preached to us, that's why we're here. And another group said, you never discipled us, that's why we're here. I said, I have to preach to as many people as possible ladies and gentlemen there is no reason for you to be in this place and not be born again it doesn't matter where you've been the Lord is ready to welcome you into his eternal home so if you're hearing me and you want to be born And there are some who perhaps may have walked in this path, but you strayed away from him. And perhaps this is God using me to restore you to the faith. So if you're hearing me and you want to respond to this altar call, remember if the Lord is in your heart, you know it. You know it with everything within you. No matter your age, no matter your gender, I want you to raise your hand and I want
want you to raise it high. I'll give you a minute. Just raise your hand if you'd like to respond to this altar call and give your life to the Lord. Anybody else who wants to join them, you are free to come. Anybody else who wants to join them, you are free to come. Just lift your hands and say, Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. And from this day, born again. Amen. Congratulations, guys. Wonderful. of you have been blessed today across the branches give them a hand please lovely lovely I just want to make a special prayer for those who did not come well in their body and you need a healing you stand from where you are and then I'll speak the word of declaration so just stand, stand from where you are. You need a healing in your body. Stand. Okay. In the name. And the ministers and the diaconate, you go to them, right? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So most likely you'll be moved to the aisle and you'll be prayed for. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I command any sickness in your body to go I declare be healed now in Jesus name okay I'll be releasing the blessing now and I'm blessing our entire COL global community in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I declare over your week that you're blessed. I declare in the name of Jesus that you're winning. I declare in the name of Jesus that you're winning. I declare in the name of Jesus that everything is in your favor. In the name of Jesus, the glory of God is tipping everything in your favor. That's what I declare. The glory of God tips everything in your favor. You walk in health. In the name of Jesus, none of you is a victim to sickness. None of you is a victim to unfortunate situations. None of you is a victim of accidents. None of you is a victim of unfortunate circumstances. In the name of Jesus, you win. In the name of Jesus, you go and make money. In the name of Jesus, you are making money. In the name of Jesus, you have enough for yourself and for others. In the name of Jesus, go and make boss moves. Go and do big things in your career. 
go do big things in your business go and do big things in your studies in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I pray for all the branches that in Jesus name you experience the divine favor of God that the entire CYL global community multiplies the virtual church the Kitway the Kitway branch, the Kasama branch, the viewing center in Livingston, the viewing center at Mulungushi University, the viewing center in Kawe, and every other viewing center that we have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I speak a blessing over you. We multiply in the name of Jesus. And I speak over your lives. I speak over your lives. I speak over your lives. You have stepped into your next level, and in Jesus' name, you experience it. You touch it with your hands. You have tangible miracles happening in your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the infinite friendship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us. All the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord. Oh, wow! What a service! I have been so blessed, and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay.